Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up, Bubba Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Podpina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadgurney. Rohan, the NBA is off for its annual All-Star break. Uh, how is life with no games every day for you right now? It's definitely a little strange, i got to be honest. I'm so used to being tethered to the NBA schedule and checking my phone every single day, like planning out which games I'm going to watch, etc. So it's definitely, but I'm enjoying it, you know, just watching a bunch of sci-fi movies. Shout out to uh, Terminator 2 and Possessor, but... Uh, it's definitely a little weird. It's definitely a little weird. How about you? I mean, you're back uh, from frigid Cleveland. Uh, looks like still probably still cold in New York, though. How was Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland was good. Um, I, I have some more detailed uh, reactions to my experience later on in the show that I will I will divulge. But it was good. Uh, it was a little slushy, a little chilly. Um, probably the coldest most bitter winds that I've experienced. My skin has experienced <laughs> in, I honestly don't know how long it was. It was pretty tough, but overall I would say it was good to be around other human beings for the first time, at least for me, for the first time in a very long time, got to see a bunch of, bunch of friends um, who cover the league, got to see friends who work for the league, work for teams, all that stuff. So that was, that was a good part. And then I just also love All-Star Weekend. But, you know, not all of us can enjoy the, the, the prime of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like my guy over here. So a couple of things. First of all, I should have gone to Cleveland just because I think I don't – it's probably been three years at least since we've seen each other in person, roughly three years. It's got to be around then. I can't remember. I'm the number one reason? I, I'm honored. 
Well, I was assuming, I mean, I haven't seen Jarrell in a while. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, no need to take anything um, back. Uh, my homie Deontay. Number two, if there was like one pop cultural moment I really wish I was alive for, it was going into a theater in 1991 <laughs> with all the months of hype leading up to Terminator 2. You know, the movie starts, you're like, this is crazy. And then finding out in the middle of the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the good guy. I just wish I could have experienced that. Um, I, I can't. I mean, what would you do? You're 91. You're 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 terrified of this guy for seven years, even though he's the biggest movie star in the world because The Terminator is one of the scariest movies ever made. And he just shows up, and it turns out he's the good guy. I would have been drinking like the biggest soda ever, and my brain would have just melted into it. <laughs> Yes, that is one of the great turns in yeah. uh, cinematic history. Absolutely. No I hope we didn't spoil Terminator 2 for any of our yeah. listeners out there yeah. who haven't checked it out yet. Mike, it would be like if uh, Thanos turns out to be a good guy in the next Avengers movie. I know that reference means a lot to you. It's like you're speaking German to me right now. <laughs> um, so I think we can quickly move on. But we have a lot to get to on today's show, Rohan, including all-star reactions, like I just said, and a a long overdue power ranking of the Eastern Conference. Um, Do we but have first, to get to all-star reactions? I feel like you're just trolling me at this point with the amount of no. all-star with the amount all-star, of all-star content. We're all-star, out. no, it, it it has to be it has to be addressed. It was <laughs> okay, it was okay. it was momentous. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. We also, uh, no, but first, uh, yeah, a quick reminder. You just get me flustered every single time I, I do this run. But, but for a quick reminder to please, uh, to all of our listeners, to please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, before we get to all of that, I want to begin today's show um, by addressing some major injury news, unfortunately, that broke right before Sunday night's All-Star game. Uh, Phoenix Suns point god Chris Paul is expected to miss six to eight weeks with an avulsion fracture in his right thumb. Uh, the Suns are obviously in first place. They're seven up in the loss column on the Golden State Warriors um, with campaign and Landry Shamit both also sidelined by injuries that have kept them out all of February. Not sure when they're going to be back. Um, in the meantime, Aaron Holiday and Alfred Payton will have major shoes to fill for a team that's probably the championship favorite right now, or at least was the championship favorite before CP got hurt. But my question to you real quick, uh, Rohan, is just how serious do you think this this is here? Well, if you really zoom out, all their goals, I think, are still in play. I think Devin Booker actually made an interesting point at All-Star Weekend. I think he said, I'm looking at the silver lining. You know, Chris's legs are going to be really well rested for that playoff run. If you remember last year, he was dealing with that hand injury uh, in the finals. He was dealing with an injury in the first round. I think there's something we said about him getting a two-month break. I mean, he's played in all 58 of their games so far this season. Uh, Chris Paul, I was looking at some of the stats. He's in, uh, he's in the Suns seven most used lineups this season. Like he's not only playing, he's playing a lot. Um, you know, he's been, I have than- Rohan, I have that exact stat in my notes here. <laughs> that is I mean, very it's, it's, weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's crazy. I mean, it jumps out to you right away. It's the first thing I think I'm sure we're both curious about, but, uh, cause I think the, the naturally the first thing you do is. I also am like, okay, what's kind of their next best lineup and can it be used as a starting lineup, et cetera? 
I mean, seven games up in the loss line is a healthy lead. That can go quickly. Even one losing streak and it's a two, three game lead, et cetera. But I'm just looking at his all their goals are still on the table. I think he's going to be back in time for the playoffs. Uh, we saw them win playoff games without him last year, although I do think that they will obviously need him if they want to make a finals run. Um, in terms of who steps up on the court, we were texting about this a little bit. I wonder, you know, you mentioned the injuries to Payne and Shamit. Those are serious. I don't think they'll start with this group, but I do wonder if you'll see more closing lineups with Devin Booker at point guard. Uh, maybe you're playing Cam Johnson, Bridges, and Crowder together more often. Uh, something along those lines. I mean, they picked up Torrey Craig again. Um it can Booker take over some of those point guard duties. Obviously, he's not going to do as good of a job as Chris Paul, but those are some of my initial thoughts. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how you replace an irreplaceable player. I mean, he's in the MVP, it's like second rung MVP mm-hmm. conversation. I don't think he has any chance to actually win the award, um, especially now, but... Um, would certainly appear on people's ballots, I think. Yeah, he's still amazing. I think the point about him being able to rest his legs is a really smart one. But it's also like he turns 37 in May, and an injury to Chris Paul is kind of like the piano dangling by the wire <laughs> over everyone's head. Like That's always going to be on the table. There's no telling when the next injury is going to come once he comes back. Uh, hopefully it doesn't, but this is just something that the Suns have to have to live with. Um, that's what happens when your best or arguably your best player is that old and I has mean, played this, that many minutes. It, in their defense, I mean, this was a pretty fluke injury. I mean, he heard it on that play that he got ejected on where he was complaining it was a foul. I think he probably must have known that he was injured or at least couldn't come back that game, etc. But, I mean, the play he got hurt on was kind of a fluke. I mean, he was just throwing a pass and in the follow-through you know kind of hit his hand in such a way with the defender that he broke it it was a little funny that he played in the all-star game right like that was what was that about like that was kind of people you know people were not feeling that i personally yeah yeah, I, I, i didn't care like people were like why didn't he give his spot up this is so selfish and i'm like I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit more moving parts here than, than people realize. Like, I made sure he had obligations that weekend, etc. I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was kind of funny that he, you know, there's guys who show up that weekend. I mean, like Donovan Mitchell got sick, right? And he couldn't play. It's not abnormal for players to be there that weekend and then not play. And then here he's out here running with literally one hand. I just thought it was kind of funny. It's the Jimmy Butler annual tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Jimmy Butler looked so like, get me out of here during that trophy ceremony. And I'm like, yeah, He's I'm kind of just like, just say you hurt, man. You were on the injury report. Like, wh- like, just get out of there. Just get out of there. But I was at the podium right in front of CP um, on the day of the media practice, or the, I keep saying media practice. We did not practice the all-star. It was the all-star practice. Media Open to session. the media. Yeah. And I was, I was waiting him out because I wanted to um, ask him a question for a different story I was working on. And, you know, he's, he opened it up basically by talking about, first of all, he had a cast on his hand, but opened it up by talking about, um, how he loves going to All-Star, loves bringing his family to All-Star. His son was seated right next to him. 
uh, loves taking pictures, looking back at pictures of the experiences. And as I said, he's turning 37 in in May. Who knows when it's going to be over? Like, yeah, and he was like top 75. Like, you know, he was going to be there anyway for all that uh, ceremony. So, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand why people were upset other than like people were looking for a reason to not like Chris Paul or whatever. But, yeah, I, it was just the visual was just literally funny to me. Like he's running around with one hand. I believe you had in your uh, grades column, even though he had one hand, he had one of two fouls in the, yeah, just <laughs> in the first quarter. Stuff. Yeah. Just really fun stuff. <laughs> um, okay. So I think we both agree that this is, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I feel like this is actually maybe a little bit more serious than you do. It's a, it's a medium deal. It's a medium deal. It's not a small deal. It's not like panic. Anytime a championship contender's best player breaks something in the middle of the season and is going to be out for two months, maybe it's a big deal, but it's a big deal. But I also think, I mean, once to put the disclaimer up, open floor is not a source of medical advice. Do not get your medical (laughs) advice from podcasts. Something we've learned this year, but again, I say this is no doctor. But I think you'd om- you'd rather have this injury than like, I-, I think frankly even like a sore hamstring or like one of those like soft tissue ones that seemingly never goes away. Like something like a a fracture seemingly has like a time when it is healed, and I think the fact that it is his hand means he can still stay in relatively good shape. I think he'll still be doing cardio, etc. So like you compare that with like Anthony Davis and a sprained ankle or Kevin Durant with a sprained knee, for example. Like those ones are, I think, are a little bit harder to get in shape, a little bit harder. Uh, you know, those ligaments, ligaments, I think, are it's just a little more tricky. You know, from anecdotally experience covering the league, etc. So that's, that's just, just your medical cent- advice. Yeah, exactly. That's just my medical yeah. advice. That's my expert medical opinion. But um, you know, yes. I'm fascinated, real quick, to see how this impacts DeAndre Ayton. Because those two never, they play that basically is, all their minutes together. That's such a good point. Because, I mean, you look at the centers they've had this year. Biombo's had a renaissance. JaVale's been great. I mean, all we all agree. Chris all Chris Paul. <laughs> it's, so it's, Chris it, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really interesting. Because you remember the Suns, people were like, oh, they went 8-0 in the bubble. Like, they still finished under 500 that year with those eight games that they won in the bubble. It is going to be very interesting because I think that they've, Obviously, gone out of the way to discuss the culture they've built there. We love Monty Williams. We all agree Devin Book has improved the last few years, but what does it mean when Paul is hurt? Do you think they'll still finish with the one seed? The cushion is so humongous, and the fact that Draymond Green is also going to be mm-hmm. out a month. Like, if Draymond was healthy, well, for, if Draymond was healthy, then the cushion wouldn't be seven games to yeah. begin with, and I think that the Warriors would 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 probably take that top spot. Seven games is a lot, um, and the team is still very good. Like Devin Booker, who was propped up as one of the faces of the league all weekend long at All Star, um, is still healthy. Played pretty good in the All Star game. Um, I think he's going to be, I wonder, like, I'm sure he's been asked this, but I just don't know what the response was. But I just wonder when CP is always in the MVP conversation, yet Devin Booker's, you know, his usage is much higher. He's the leading scorer, he, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, 240 balls in the finals. I just wonder how much that motivates him. I know that the Suns are not 
the same team when Booker's on the floor without Paul as opposed to vice versa. But this is an opportunity for him to kind of flash his playmaking chops to see, you know, those uh, dribble handoffs with Aiton, get Aiton Aiton involved um, quite a bit more, further develop the chemistry there. And I don't know. It'll just be fascinating to see how this team kind of navigates this. This is a sneaky, huge two-month stretch for DeAndre Aiton. Like, am I... Oh, yeah. Am I am I doing hot take guy if I'm like these next two months could determine DeAndre Ayton's future in Phoenix? Um, I think it could for sure determine his financial future. I um, mean, if he if, balls out, if he balls out, that's going to be huge for his career. I still, not to get too far into the weeds here, I I just am kind of convinced they're going to sign and trade him this summer or something along those lines. It's possible. Anything is possible in the NBA. Anything is possible. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Okay, can we please, uh, I just want to get some all-star stuff yeah i know yeah yeah let's hear it let's hear it let's hear it um so first of all i love like when i was growing up i was like 10 years old nine years old when the nba did the top 50 i was obsessed i remember being so obsessed with the top 50 like i adored everything about the nba watching everyone kind of come to cleveland and all the photos, all the you know the clips of the guys talking to each other, Michael Jordan cracking jokes, like even I can still just remember that as a kid, how special that was. So to be there and see the top seventy five was like honestly like an emotional, like visceral experience. Um, and I just want to say the players who I haven't seen any reporting about why certain people didn't show up. But the active players who did not show up, I can't help but like have. I, I just lost respect for them, like a lot of it. Um, like the number one player who I when he I saw he wasn't there, I was like kind of stunned. Was AD? Like I know he's hurt, but it's just like, what is like? You see, like I mean, these well, guys is he, who are, is like, he in, in a their boot? 80s. Is he in a boot? Like what? I mean, what if he literally could not have gotten on a play? I mean, Kareem, okay, yeah, it's like Kareem okay, Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. These people fly into Cleveland. Yeah. It's mis- it's honestly a miserable weekend weather-wise. Kareem is like, I need to sit at this. Like, yeah, I can't even yeah. stand up for too long. Guys have canes. Guys are hobbling to the, the stadium, and it was, like, amazing to see how 
It's just like the someone sent a tweet out. I can't remember who it was who works um, in or around the NBA, and he's just like the work that goes into promoting the league, the work that goes into honoring the past. Like modern players don't get it, and I thought it was like supremely disrespectful for AD not to show up, for Russ not to show up, and I understand wow. that you know. I just, I, I, so honestly, how I feel like I, when Kawhi was there, I was like, my, I already love Kawhi Leonard. How great was it to, to see Kawhi there? Up, how great was it to see Kawhi there? Doug, it's, it's, that was it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Exactly. So Dame having a miserable season, nightmare season. He shows up to show respect for being selected as a top seventy five player. To the voters, to the fans, it's all about that. And so I, I was just like, I get wanting to spend time with your family. This is a great time off, but I'm like, part of the job of being an NBA player, of being a top seventy-five player, and the responsibility that comes with that is um, showing respect for those who came before you, showing respect for the legacy of the league, the institution, the league as an institution, and. I, it was just very disappointing. So I wanted to say that that was like a big reaction I had. Like I'm standing there in my ho- in the hotel lobby. I'm waiting for uh, my elevator up to my room after the game on Sunday. And Oscar Rob, I'd look over. Oscar Robertson is standing next to me, about to get into the elevator, and I wow. like fainted. Like that stuff is so cool. Yeah. So Dude. I don't even know. I, it's yeah. just I I'll leave some room just know, in case. I know I'm like, ranting. I know. I'm no, ranting, it's okay. But, it, Obviously, it would have been great if everyone was there. I mean, it would have been great if even Tim Duncan was there. Um, you know, again, I just I don't know if it was injury related. Those players maybe had something personal they needed to attend to. Um, I will say it was really cool. Um, the ceremony was long. I can't pretend like I actively paid attention to every single second of it as it was happening, <laughs> but. Um, it was really fun to see all the clips, really fun to see all the photos. Um, I mean, teams were doing such a great job of posting. Like, the Heat took a photo, and it was a Gary Payton, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bob McAdoo, Dwayne Wade, Spo. Like, seeing... Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, like it's seeing, incredible. Like, seeing Wade, CP, Braun, and Mello all together again. Uh all that stuff was so cool. It was just so fun. Like MJ and Magic Johnson, like talking shit was so cool. Can I just say real quick, like, so all weekend long, there was, everyone was basically saying MJ is not showing up. MJ's not here. Uh, he's too cool for this. That's what every, that was what the rumors were all weekend. Everyone I'm talking I mean, it wasn't it. even the rumors. He and, clearly wasn't there. <laughs> he was not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you know, for them to, like, when they announced his name, it was shock. And, like, that was one of the coolest in-arena experiences I've I mean, ever what had. What an entrance. Like, I'm so glad he made up. it. stood up. Yeah, it's because he, he understands. Like, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, these are such special events. And if you're not going to show up for this, then what are you going to show up for? Like, what's the point of anything? Um, so... That was very, very, very cool. I cannot even speak to how amazing that was. Watching him like run over and hug Luca, like dap up Giannis, uh, embrace LeBron. Um, that's just cool for everyone. Yeah. And seeing the clip, I shared this clip on Twitter of Shaq telling his story on television. Man, it's one of the that greatest was things like awesome. I, I've truly ever seen. 
Amazing. Man, that was so, awesome. Good for Shaq, by the way. God, I have so much love. That was like him, Zoe, like probably the two biggest reasons I like became an NBA fan. Like, God, there was no one cooler than Shaquille O'Neal to me growing up. Um, he's awesome, man. Like him and Barkley, like those guys are like, they're wild, but there's a reason why they get away with all the stuff they get away with. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I've ever like gotten closer, but like, even when you're in a room with those guys, like they just give off like the best vibes possible. There's like, there's no other way to describe them. Like they're so charismatic, so popular, like to see that like kind of emotion from Shaq who usually is like turning everything into a joke was so cool. Can I tell you my best all-star like moment that I ever had similar to your Oscar Robertson Mm -hmm. being on the elevator was I was leaving Charlotte one year and ahead of me in the security line at the airport was Bill Russell. And I kind of wanted to be like, oh let God. this man through. I was like, let this <laughs> like let this American hero through security. Like, what are you doing? Like, he, like checked under his hat. Or, he was like wearing a hat with the number six on it. And I was like, what are you doing? Let this man through. Like, I wanted to scream. God, that was so I, – I was – I was paralyzed. Like, I thought I was going to say something. I was like, do I shake his hand? Like, what do I do? This guy is a living legend. And I just, I was, I, like, overcome with shock. I, I just was like, it was like sleep paralysis. I couldn't move. It was crazy. That is truly amazing. He, uh, Bill Russell did not attend because he's, I think, 88 years old and does not want to uh, contract COVID-19. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's just a minor thing there. But um, I guess before we get to the, the power ranking, the other element from All-Star Weekend um, that had everybody talking was LeBron James <laughs> and multiple cryptic comments <laughs> made about, uh, you know, shots at Rob Polinka that were totally deserved. Um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. You don't think that they're deserved? Listen, I something I've genuinely been wrestling with, but there's like no good way to pull this off without coming off as like I'm just gonna take shots here as like a grandstanding like radio host guy. But mm-hmm. I so and this is not to say this is not to throw shade at anyone who's on the Lakers beat. I love all the Lakers beat reporters. Shout out to Yovan, to Bill, to Waikey, uh Kyle Good. Those are my guys, they do great work, but so obviously the athletic reported before the season, LeBron recruits Russ. LeBron wants Flinko to do the Russ trade, or LeBron's taking you, free agent. You love this story so much. The cigar you room. bring it up all the time. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is it's like I'm just I'm curious because, you know, Rich Paul comes out and denies the Eric Pincus Bleacher Report. Uh part one part of the Eric Pincus Bleacher Report story, which kind of had the information that Clutch was upset with Polinka. Clutch wanted Polinka to make a move at the deadline. Rich Paul, through Stephen A. Smith, says, the idea that we wanted to trade, like, Russell Westbrook in a first-round pick for John Wall is a lie. Like, that was a lie, etc. I-, I just want someone to ask LeBron in a press conference setting, like, is it is it an accurate description to say that you pushed for this team to acquire Russell Westbrook? And I just I would love to hear his answer in public about that because 
I, I just don't know how he gets to be all make all these passive aggressive comments. Like frankly, the Lakers are finally showing restraint. The restraint they probably should have shown shown over the summer. But I, I kind of agree with I get it, but I'm I'm kind of on a little bit on their side. Like this is the guy you wanted. Now you want us to trade him? Make up your mind. Like I, I don't know. It to me it's a little bit more complicated than straight up like let's all dump on Palenka. But I mean Well, the other part of it is just coming out of that weekend, seeing LeBron's post the post game presser was pretty like I mean, he just loves Cleveland. He loves Akron. Um, clearly always will. Uh, and I just would be very surprised if LeBron ended his career in Los Angeles. And I would be mildly surprised if he demanded a trade this offseason. Like, I, I don't know if it's too... I'm not saying too Cleveland or anything like that because this the dynamics there are so difficult but like for him to just you know say uh you know the door sam, is open for sam return Presti's uh, the MVP. Gonna, yeah sam presti's the mvp of the thunder when i'm asked about josh giddy yeah. i'm gonna play with my son even though the team i play for has like no draft picks for the next 25 years uh yeah it's just like and then this kind of goes back to it, but not really that much. And maybe it's just me reading into it. But like, if you were LeBron and this was in Cleveland, and this is obviously a very, it's a big thing for you this that it's in Cleveland, of course. But like AD not showing up and Russell Westbrook not showing up to the top 75 is just like bizarre to me when you add that, that wrinkle in. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it at all, but I'm sure there's, some reason and I'm, that hasn't come out yet that's going to come out why they weren't there. And so, you know, I apologize in hindsight. Future me apologizes yeah. for present me for getting so upset. But uh, I just thought that it was it was just all can very you, bizarre. Can you, and, can you give us any insight? Because I know people are talking. I, what are the media people saying to each other that weekend about LeBron? Like, what, what was the conversation? Because I know everyone leaves the press conference. They start finding their friends. They start talking about what just happened, et cetera. What, are, what were people oh, the, the, saying? The what sentiment was, saying? the sentiment was in the moment, which we're all prisoners of the moment when someone speaks. In the moment, everyone was like, he, he's gone. Like, that was just, <laughs> that was the talk. I, first <laughs> so of all, I'm not even going to, like... This is insane, but if you're Cleveland, are, is there, how... Big a part of you doesn't want him back if you're Cleveland's front office. If you're Kobe Altman, are you 100% in on LeBron? Are you 99% in on LeBron? Are you 75% in on LeBron? Because now they've built something that's really good. On the other hand, on one hand, LeBron takes you over the top. On the other hand, he takes you over the top for maybe two more years, three more years. What's the... So, like, let's say LeBron goes to... We're going to get to the power rankings in a second, of but course. like this is such a fun topic. What if LeBron goes to Genie Bus and he's like, I'm not showing up to training camp unless you tr- like you have to trade me to Cleveland. I mean, he's not going to just like, OK, he's not he's not going to say I know, he'll never. No, it's never. That's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. But and by all reports, he's like enjoying life in Los Angeles because who wouldn't? But. 
Like, what is even the trade package there? It's like, can you construct? I'm not. I'm opening like up the trade love machine. And, right. It's got to be Kevin can, like, Love. They could do it with like it's like Love and Markinen maybe. I don't know if Levert. that's enough. You and could then, give like, them Levert. And then like picks, and just like say here like tough. And what do the Lakers do? Like I, I'm just saying, I, I know that this is such a ridiculous conversation. I, I admit that, but I think it's just it's funny because if LeBron was on Cleveland right now, it's like uh, with like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and Darius Garland. It's just like okay, that team's just like winning the title. Like there's it's like no no one's messing with that team. They're like they're rolling through the East. I'm sorry. Do they have any um, spacing? Mike? So that's just does that, does that team have enough spacing? <laughs> You see LeBron's fadeaway to win the <laughs> yes, All-Star right game? <laughs> just that over and over and over again. Um, so I just think this was like, a, it was a really fun little subplot. And I have come to really enjoy the passive aggressive nature um, of LeBron James. And he's very calculating. Everything he says is, you know, it's tea leaves to be it's deciphered. Just, and, I, we, I, we've been dying to get to this Eastern Conference thing. I just want to say... This is a kind of a – it's a letdown how LeBron – the last few years of LeBron's career has gone since leaving Cleveland. Since 2016, frankly, I know he got another championship, but the fact that three out of his four Lakers years have been massive busts, the fact that his last years in Cleveland, no one thought he had a chance to win a title, I mean, it's – it's mind-boggling. His career is just like, it's impossible to pin down. Because on one hand, he's lived up to all the hype. On the other hand, you're like, there was so much meat left on this bone somehow. It's, I don't know. It's something that I'm sure we'll talk about for decades and decades to come. But this Lakers thing, even with a title, has been kind of, it's been closer to a disaster than a success. Do you think that LeBron would be looked at more, like historically he would be looked at and revered greater if he stayed in Miami and won one more championship with the Heat than the two that he's won, one in Cleveland and one in L.A.? No, I, I he would what a question to, by me. Yeah. What a what a first of all, what a question. Like that yeah. the, the the philosophers are just going to be pondering yeah. that one for, for I don't, centuries. I mean, no, I it's I think it's a pretty obvious one only because I think that people value those championships. I Really? So you, okay, so if he had if he won 6, let's say he wins 6 in Miami in his career. Then well, we you don't were, have the you, one your go, question, in Cleveland. Your question was just, what if he'd won less in Miami than compared to the more he's won now? No, 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 no. My question was, what if he won more in Miami? I see, I see. So, so more titles, stays in Miami, wins titles, does what Pat Riley says, sticks it out, um, has more team success with the Heat, and just stays there for the rest of his career versus winning one in Cleveland, Cleveland, which is he, he looks yeah. at that as why he's the greatest player of all time, and then also winning in the bubble with the Lakers. I know everyone likes to be like the 2016, like he can't turn down the legacy of that one, etc. If LeBron won five titles with one team or six titles with one team, 
I think he actually would have been looked at as the greatest player ever. So you're saying that the the Miami Heat route would have been the one that is. I mean, more or if he, or if he had, I, and, and let's take the Heat out of it because people will keep, like if he had stayed in Cleveland and they'd somehow put it together, you know, and he never leaves. I mean, obviously, I think that's probably what most people could have would have wanted anyway. But point being, he the the route that was always best for him was the one where he won the most championships, regardless of what people say about like how big 2016 was for his legacy. And I'm not trying to poo-poo that that was a hell of a finals that was obviously that was like the last like truly insane beginning to end outstanding nba season but uh yeah to me the route for him that was always the best was the one where he won the most championships because this lakers thing we're gonna look back on i think as a a gigantic missed opportunity more than anything else very interesting um very interesting Okay, uh, so that's enough LeBron talk, unless you have any other thoughts on the matter. Um, also enough all-star talk. Uh, I guess we should just say that Steph Curry is... I just... Two seconds. Like I, Watching that shooting display in person, having seen him in the finals and watched countless playoff series, of course, like the shot he took that was the pull up like from about forty where he turned, he turned around, around. That and gift is like back. oh my god, dude. Where he's come from where he's come from, where it's like obviously people were excited about him in the draft. And maybe people thought he could be a star. But for him to go from where he started his career, the injuries to become like LeBron's biggest rival, like a generational talent, is it's still kind of unbelievable. It's very difficult to process in real time. I don't think he's appreciated enough. And yeah. scoring 50 in an all-star game when everyone's trying. <laughs> it's like for most of the... Once he started to go off, people were trying. Yeah. Um, didn't matter. He's truly one of a kind. And LeBron in the post-game presser was like, 10 times out of 10, you expect it to go in. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Okay, so let's 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 get to the the main course here, Rohan. I know that you've been chopping at the bit to break down the Eastern Conference. Um, to set this up, we should just say we are doing this because as we embark on the last two months or so of the regular season, the Eastern Conference top eight, top nine, top ten, whatever, is 
like I can't even think of any time that it's I been think this it's fascinating. The, I think it's the best Eastern Conference it's been in my lifetime. It is. So, so for this exercise, I asked you to basically rank the top eight teams based on um, who's going to get to the finals or win the championship. We're not talking I, about, you know. Re- I would just like to say you, this exercise is not just, it's, I just want to give people, Mike and I have been talking about this for weeks. Where, and I think it started like a couple weeks ago. I just texted you. I was like, Mike, like two of these teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Or like four of these teams aren't going to make the second round, and we just both collectively had a moment where we were like, "Oh shit! Like this is crazy." So <laughs> you know, so we've been talking about this for weeks, and so I'm excited to dive into this on the pod. Yeah, so it's like I said, it's team based. On, we're not really talking about standings. We don't really yeah. care about all that. Who um, who do we think has the best? It's like ranked in order of chances to win the title. Yeah, so let's start at 8. We're not going to do 10. We don't really care about the plan. Um, that's not to say this team couldn't be in the plan, because, well, today teams mm-hmm. will have to be in the plan for this exercise. But um, do you want to start at 8 with your number 8 team, um, or, or should I? And we'll just kind of kick this off and see how things shake out. I can start here with my number 8 team. Okay, let's go. I the reason I wanted to start here is because I wanted to be forced because I have a slash. Can I give you a slash already? Oh my god! No, absolutely not. You cannot give a slash. No, because that the whole point is that there's like one team. Okay. That- <laughs> okay. So this is absolutely crazy person, insane podcast man logic. I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. But I think they have a better chance to win the title than a team I'm not going to name. So my okay, number, I think I know where you're going, but you go. My number eight team is the Hawks. Oh, I actually was as that was not the team I thought you were going to say. Um, I had the Hawks at six, and so tell me why why you had the Hawks at eight. I just think that they. I still like their roster in a playoff setting. They were hot for a minute. They've cooled off. They had like an 11 and four stretch. Now they're five and five in their last 10. I still really like their roster in the playoffs. I, I think Trey is kind of built for matchup hunting, etc. And it's going to be tough. I mean, shoot, man, we saw them knock out the Sixers. Like, can the Sixers still defend Trey in a playoff series? I don't know. I mean, obviously listen, that series was seven games and it was close, but I, but I also think the Raptors are going to make it in over them. I don't think that the Hawks. I don't. You know, I'm looking at the standings right now. They're they're two and a half back of Brooklyn for the eighth seed. I mean, that's going to change a lot. But uh, I I mean, I don't even know if they're going to make it. But I I I think even Toronto in the playoffs, and I like Toronto. I think they're really good, and I think they're capable of making the second round. I think the Hawks have a higher ceiling, but the Raptors have a higher floor, which is why I think they'll actually get in. Um, but I think the Hawks just are one of those high ceiling teams. So, yeah, that's why I had the Hawks at six, actually, because assuming that they do get in, assuming that they get, because they looked pretty good once they were healthy. And I know John Collins has been, was banged up heading into the all-star break, but yeah, the way Hunters this team played, looked after the good. camp. Yeah. Yeah. 
when everyone's on the floor, everybody's good. You know, they found the bench unit that was really clicking um, over the past few weeks uh, with Bogdanovich coming off the bench and Kevin Herter starting. And everything just kind of fell into place. And, like, Trey Young is so, so, so good. I know the, the defensive shortcomings could be more glaring in his second go-around in the playoffs than they were in the first because of matchups, for sure. But that's why I think this exercise is so fun because it's all going to be matchups when the mm-hmm. actual playoffs begin. Like, it's not going to be... It's really going to depend on who you who you square off against. Um, and will that team be able to attack Trey Young religiously on every possession? Do they have, like, a really effective ISO scorer who isn't... Julius Randle. Um, do they have <laughs> lineups that they can play that don't have someone like Reggie Bullock in them and just uh, where Trey can hide and um, manipulate the defense that way? So I, I like I like Atlanta, but I do understand, um, you know, they've been very frustrating this season, to say the least. And yeah. So, OK, can I give you my eight now? Yeah, please. Okay, my eight is, we were just talking about them quite a bit, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them some. Yeah, they're they're a very good regular season team. They're a wonderful story. I just, I think they are more likely to lose in the first round than they are to win a series or compete in the second round and give the in the in the semifinals and make a push for the conference finals. I just don't I know what the projections say and I, I have I a hard time believing very high all season. I have a hard time believing their half court offense is gonna work in the playoffs. But they're like they're gonna be in a, a hell matchup for whoever gets them in the first round because of the defense. It's not gonna be easy. I could see them going to it six or seven games in the first round, but we're on the same page. The idea of them and I, I have them over the Hawks, even though I probably – that's just like ceremonially they deserve to be one spot higher than Atlanta just because of how well they played this season, even though I think Atlanta, as I mentioned, I like their championship ceiling. But, yeah, we're on the same page there. They also – you know, it's very rare that teams, especially teams this young, win in their first go-around together in the playoffs. So I, there's, I don't think they're going to win. Exactly. When arguably, actually, I'm, I'm not going to say Evan Mobley is arguably their best player, but he's in, he's like what separates them from yeah. just being right. like he's if like when he has it going, they just go, he's go their to a highest ceiling gear. player. He's their highest ceiling player. Exactly. He pushes their ceiling to a different level. And in the playoffs, you know, I think he'll be OK. Um, he'll be perfect defensively. He can do everything on defense already. Offensively, I'm a little bit more suspect, despite the uh, half-court shot he hit in the skills challenge on his first (laughs) try, because he's just a complete... As Darius Garland said, he's a literal unicorn. Great quote. Um, Unicorns don't exist. Who's your your number seven? Who's your number seven? Because I have Atlanta eight, Cleveland seven. You have... uh, Okay. My number seven is... Cleveland eight, number seven is uh, the Chicago Bulls. And they're my number uh, six. Okay. So we've basically been on the same page here. Yeah. I love the Bulls. Uh, 
you know, the fact that they've been able to be so successful despite Without all of their Paul, injuries no is Crusoe, amazing. Levine, it's crazy, yeah. man. It's. N- I thought they were done when Patrick Williams went down. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, shout out to the Bulls, man. Shout out to DeMar DeRozan. I love the respect he gets from his peers. Like, that KD tweet, it was, it's just like a tweet, but it was kind of beautiful where he was just like, thank you for setting the example. Like, DeMar DeRozan, like, like I love that stuff. I really do. I really do. Um, shout out to them, man. They've been so good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's multiple things here. It's can their defense hold up in the playoffs? It's that group's first go-around together. It's the fact that they don't have someone to play the four, really, still. Um, You know, they've gotten by so far in the regular season somehow. But, like, in the playoffs, it's just not going to work against someone like KD or Giannis. It's just not. Like, you can't can't cover up that hole for a seven-game series. They seem to have some hope that Patrick Williams is going to come back but I mm-hmm. I just I don't see it for them so we have the same bottom three just in a different order Hawks Cavs Bulls but I think we all agree they're kind of in that similar tier yeah and shout out to uh Desumu, who is like a first team all first team all rookie member I don't know I don't I don't care how we've got to Man, shake it out what a, what a huge what a huge pickup for them and god he's been good like, from the first game I saw him play, like, the first week of the season, I was like, sometimes I just don't get it with the draft. I'm like, you're telling me there's, like, this 3 and D guy was just sitting out here? Like, no one could pick up on this? Like, how does this happen? Like, I understand scouting's inexact, et cetera, but, I, man, what a pickup he is for them. And a, an example of just how it's so funny because, like, Warriors fans, there's always this, oh, they're trying to build something. At the same time, they're trying to win a championship, but... Like, it's so important to hit on a young guy or two, even when you're trying to build a championship team, a playoff contender, et cetera. Like, he's huge for them, man. Yeah, and it's weird. He's older than Kobe White, and both of them are shooting over 40% behind the <laughs> three-point line. Uh, just a, yeah, just a awesome team, uh, given the fact that they've been the worst team literally in the NBA since Jimmy Butler was traded. Uh, this is really fun for their fans, yeah. and... Uh, shout out to everyone who was right about DeMar DeRozan um, <laughs> signing with them. You and I were on the right side of history there. Um, okay, so this is where it gets a very interesting, yes, I yes. think. The um, top six give me, give me, is give, so give, absurd. Top five, rather. Because the idea yeah. that one of these teams is not going to make the second round is like it makes me laugh every time. It's 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 wild. It's truly yeah. wild. And it's it's... What's really funny is just how that front office and that ownership group will lose in the first round and then like panic in the off season when it's just like you might have had a championship yeah. contending roster yeah, and it, it doesn't matter. You like, might have won the championship if you got a different matchup, if you had a different seed. I think right. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to have the same number five. Okay. Give me give me your five. My five is the Philadelphia 76ers. You're right. I was Let's wow. go. I, I, let's go. <laughs> I knew we were both Sixers skeptics. I knew we were both Sixers skeptics. I knew it. Uh, and can we just get it all out there? I The more I sit with this trade, the more I'm like, for the soul of basketball, it shouldn't work. <laughs> and I don't mean that. 
And I don't even mean that in terms of like these players and that damn empowerment. Like Howard Beck wrote about it uh, this weekend. And I actually have been meaning to reach out to Howard because I have a couple of things about it that I want to talk to him about that piece. But it's a good piece and people should go read it. Um, and I didn't necessarily even agree with all of it, but I thought it was interesting. But I don't even mean like, oh, like I'm, I like free agency stuff. I like players moving around. We talk about where players are going to go on this podcast all the time, etc. It's more so just like the way James Harden plays basketball, like the constant grift, the fact that he does show up out of shape, the fact that he has quit on his last two teams. Um, like people are like even like oh, Jimmy Butler, like forced his way on Minnesota, like Jimmy Butler played 10 games with the, the Timberwolves that season. It was like averaging over 20 points. Like there's a way to leave someplace while like still doing your job. James Harden just doesn't do that. Um, and uh, it's just like, I, I mentioned this in another conversation I was having. It's like they're opting for like the blunt force of talent over any semblance really of personality fit. Is it a real Encore fit? Like, I don't know. And I'm just kind of like, I'm just out on it. I'm just out on it. And maybe I'm so wrong. Like, maybe I have some blinders on, but I'm, I'm out on it. It was one of those trades that was, like, we talked all year long about how they needed to maximize Joel Embiid's season by making a trade and getting something for Simmons before the deadline. But then you look at the trade and you're kind of like, unless Harden was really dogging it, um, I don't know that they're better. Uh, for the rest of this season because they had to give up Seth Curry and Andre Drummond also was not terrible, but Seth Curry was very good. Okay, but you cannot... When you say it like that, that sounds like a little over the top. Like, he's an upgrade over Seth Curry. Um, so he's a better player than Seth Curry, yes. Um, like... The... Okay... It's like he's he's a much worse fit than Seth Curry. We both agree on that. He's a much worse fit than Seth Curry, but that the gap in fit does not make up for the gap in talent. Like I do think they're better, but I just does it mean that they're going to win a championship? I don't know. I think yeah. My point is more like this trade that they made was. It seemed to me honestly like. It'll have a bigger impact on the league next season than this season. Mm-hmm. And the roster just isn't – it's still just it, – it, it, I understand that you have Embiid, you have Harden now. That's two top – well, you have a top five player and then a top whatever player. And, look, that's the recipe usually to get to the finals. But, like, I look at the rest of the roster and there's just so many holes. And I said this at – the, on the the day of the deadline, like, I, I, like Tobias Harris having literally no rhythm on a basketball court is not good, and I don't know what his rhythm is going to be when he's playing with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like, I just, I, and like, there's a lot of people have said that Tyrese Maxey is is a is a really gonna is a really good fit here and all that. Bro, and like, I, I've seen I, Sixers, just, I saw some Sixers fan tweet like. What Embiid is going to do for Maxi is going to be so good. And I almost like spit out my drink. I was like, what? Like take the ball out of his hands and make him go stand in a corner is going to be good for him? Like, do you think James Harden's going to like take Tyrese Maxi under his wing? Is that what you even want? Do you want James Harden taking like your buddy? I, I was just like, I was like, what? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Just an interesting team. We have no idea what. And also, look, if James Harden is to be believed, um, he's still dealing with a hamstring issue <laughs> that could strike again. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of questions here. I'm sorry yeah. that there just are. Um, okay. Number four. Can I give number four then since we both yeah, had yeah. number five and you said it? Okay. So number four here for me is, uh, is the Miami Heat. I have the um, Heat at number four as well. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, wow. We're both, we're like basically just hand in hand. Like we yeah. recorded, we, we had these lists. Seriously? We were watching each other yeah. make them. Um, so Miami, I think they're super underrated. Uh, obviously the, their best players have not played a ton together. Uh, Bam Adebayo after getting injured and not making the all-star team and everything. He just looks like he's back to being Bam Adebayo, which is oh, terrifying that's a, for everybody. That's an interesting comment from you. <laughs> I'm, just stop. I'm, 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 I'm always pro-Bam. Always pro-Bam. Bam and on um, never forgets. <laughs> um, you know, watching Jimmy and Bam and PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry and... Who's that fifth guy going to be? Is it is it going to be Victor Oladipo? Is it going to be Duncan? Is it going to be Hero? I don't know, but I think that that lineup is going to be very treacherous to deal with in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, they have the best coach in basketball, which yeah. kind of helps. And I, that's when he's at his best. I'm starting to regain my confidence in this team, even though I have them at number four. But I'll say this. I think... And I go back and forth with some Heat Twitter people about this. Their starting lineup now, so, so the starting lineup didn't play with each other from, but for basically two whole months they didn't have the starting lineup. Uh, Lowry was missed some time, Bam missed some time, Jimmy missed some time, even PJ Tucker missed a couple games. But from basically late November to early February they didn't play. The last seven games. That lineup's been insane, and that's Lowry, Butler, Robinson, Tucker, Adebayo. I think uh, like over thirty net rating. Like they've been outstanding together. I think Duncan Robinson needs to be in the game in the fourth quarter over Tyler Hero. I think Robinson's a better defender. I think that he. I know that people are like Hero's the guy who can get them a bucket one on one, but I think Robinson actually helps the offense more because of how he opens up the court for Bam and Jimmy in a way that Hero doesn't necessarily when he's trying to go one-on-one and score in isolation. Like, I think mm-hmm. Duncan's movement off the ball actually helps them so much more. And I'm just coming around to, like, I think that they can make a do in the fourth with Lowry as kind of the guy scoring for them in the last two or three minutes of a game. Like, I think they can. And I think he's been pretty good in those situations. So I'm coming around on them. I have them four right now. If you gave me another two weeks, I might put them – as high as two, but probably third. But I'm starting to come around on them just because that lineup, you know, there was some shooting stuff early in the season that I think was muting some of that imp- the impact of their starting five. But, uh, you know, I tweeted this, like, top three lineups in the league in terms of high usage, I think over 200 minutes played. It's Boston, it's Minnesota, and then it's Miami. So I, I think they're right there. I really do think they're right there. And the, the, as we've seen, they have really good depth. Um you know, they just need one of Oladipo Hero to be good on a given night coming off the bench. Deadman, I think, is a very serviceable backup center. 
Caleb Martin's been fantastic for them. Like those are the eight guys you need in the playoff series right there. So I'm I'm I, I on this podcast. I remember I threw water on them, but I'm I'm starting to come back around. Yeah, I just think it's fascinating how coming into the season we thought that they would be a mm-hmm. little disappointing in the regular season mm-hmm. because they would have all these injuries. They have had all these injuries. It hasn't mattered. So we should really like if we were to go back and if we were to go back in time and say, "Hey, the Heat will be in first at the All Star break despite." xyz missing xyz amount of games we'd all we we would have the heat at number one we would right like but i think it's just a matter of the other teams that we have left to discuss um and what they have done that kind of puts them a little bit above miami but miami winning the title this year like wouldn't shock me at all. Of course not. Like they have every ingredient really the, necessary. The, the and next, Oladipo I mean, Depot could be the yeah. missing X factor. We're at the point now where any of these four teams representing the East would not be surprising in the slightest. Um, so, it, it, and it, it just—I do think it's also going to come down to matchups. Like, absolutely, it's going to be so interesting. But I'm starting to like, yeah, the Heat of I, like I've been throwing water on them, the half court offense, etc. But. They just keep winning. (laughs) They also just keep winning. It's been crazy. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Okay, you give, uh, you give your three. I have the Celtics at number three. Okay, I have the Celtics at number two. Oh my god! So, so t- tell me why you got the Celtics at number three. The defense is legit. I think playing a closing five, like they're going to have options with the closing five. They can go big or small, but I, I mean, they did it. They're going to throw out. They will white. go small. They're going to throw out. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. Like if you're playing the Sixers, for example, you might keep a little bit more muscle on the floor. But the idea that you can throw White, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Rob Grant or Horford. At the five, um, they're they're crazy defensively, man. There's not a weak link on that team defensively, and I think that is what really separates them. That's kind of their championship X factor, I think, compared to all the other teams in the East. Is they just do not have a hole defensively. Like, what are you going to do when the game slows down? Who are you going to attack? You you can try to get them to switch everything. That final five that we mentioned, those guys can all switch. You know, Derek White, late shot clock, whatever. He can even guard up. Oh, man, they're. I mean, we talked. I talked about starting lineups. Their starting five is obliterating teams. And I know, mm-hmm. and people bring up, and I keep saying this. People bring up, oh, they're playing bad teams. They're playing injured teams. Like 
But the fact that they're winning by as much as they are is important. They're not just scraping by. They're not just beating these teams. They're housing them. So, and then you just have Tatum to score in the half court when the game bogs down. He can get his own shot. That step back's lethal half court or, you know, mid-range or three. I don't care what the numbers say. Every time that shot goes up, you're at his mercy. So I just think that they're really going to be a tough out. So the league average point differential when facing a a team with a top 10 net rating, according to cleaning the glass, is uh, minus 5.3, which makes a lot of sense because you're playing a very good team. Um, Boston's net rating this season when facing a team with a top 10 net rating is plus 4.9, which is... uh, Number one in the NBA, number two is Phoenix, number three is Utah, number four is Golden State in this category. Um, So the uh, statements about, and I know that there's a lot of, there's shenanigans with these numbers because guys have been in and out, et cetera. But um, I think Boston is legit for beating up the competition, has shown up to play against very good teams as well, and win healthy. When Marcus Smart's on the floor, when Rob Williams is on the floor, both those guys missed that really disappointing loss against the Pistons in their last game before the All-Star break. Um, when healthy, I just don't think that there's a more complete rotation um, in basketball. And I think that the Derek White addition is quiet. What is, who, okay, what's, the, what's a more complete rotation? I mean, I kind of like Phoenix when healthy. Okay, that's, that's fair. And probably Golden uh, State when healthy. Entirely fair. I just would I, I would push back a little bit on the depth in in Golden State, but um, not to divulge, not to uh, <laughs> digress. I should yeah, say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that the Derek White trade acquisition is uh, is just humongous in so many different ways. We've talked about it a million times in, in a million different ways. Um, Mike, how excited are you for the playoffs, man? Just talking about this right now and imagining the matchups. Like, this is the playoffs we deserve after... I was just thinking about this um, this morning, actually. Like, I was thinking about the last few finals. Um, Like, 2019, it wasn't a bad finals. You know, the injuries kind of robbed us of it, really. 2020, I... No Bam, no Dragic. Like, I really wish we would have seen that team at full strength. I think it could have been – I'm not saying the series is different, but I think it could have been a classic, but it wasn't. Last year, we, we started to get there, but the season was just so weird. This season hasn't been perfect. But, man, like, I'm just looking at these teams like, dude, like the Celtics, we both have them, you know, top three or two. There's a chance they don't make the playoffs. Like, if they're in the plane and they get Brooklyn or Atlanta, like, if they could get Brooklyn and Atlanta, like, it's not going to be a, a walk in the park for them. That's how crazy this is. There is a chance. Um, I would I would be very surprised if they made I'd the play-in, frankly. I'd be very surprised. At the same time, if they somehow got Brooklyn and Atlanta back-to-back, I, I, I I wouldn't, I'd feel good about their chances, but I wouldn't be shocked. I would be a little bit, I don't want to see Trey Young in a one game play in. I definitely don't want to see Durant. 
No, that's not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. They are three back of the four seed. And I guess three back in the last column of the three seed Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, five back of the Miami Heat in first. They have the number one net rating. Um, and historically throughout his career, if you look at the splits, Jason Tatum, for whatever reason, post-All-Star break is a completely different player than before the All-Star break. So if he does what he's done in his career as a scorer um, – in terms of efficiency, I mean, you, uh, his three point is it his three pointer still under 33 percent? I mean, if he starts shooting the three like he normally does, like that's going to be a huge game changer right. for them as well. Right. If that bounces back, yeah. um, or if that stays static, and if yeah. you know, I think honestly, it's a really simple way and reductive way to look at it. But like this team, whether or not they lose in the first round or go to the finals and win the championship, could literally hinge on. Jason Tatum's three point percentage that could literally be the difference maker. Um, it's very tight here. Uh, okay, so so they were my number three. They were your number two. Who's your number three? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and it was tough. Honestly, it was like a coin flip between the Celtics and the. Actually, honestly, it was like a coin flip between all three. Like, if you had the wow. Nets number one, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I don't think so that's you, crazy. So you have the Celtics, Nets, and Bucks. You're saying you have them in a definitive tier above the Heat. Um, like I, I don't. <laughs> honestly, I don't. I, I I can't even like say that out loud when you put it that way. Um, you said it was. I'll a say the top between... four. All right, mm. all right. I'll say it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll say the top four. Uh, if you had Miami number one, I wouldn't be mad at you. If you had. Milwaukee number one, as I do. Sorry, spoiler alert. Right, Milwaukee um, number I one as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about the Nets. I guess it, let's talk about yeah, the Nets. The, re- the reason why I had them three is I keep just looking at the playoffs and assuming, which I shouldn't do, that the vaccine mandate in New York will hold. It's like as close as all these teams are. If you're going to take away your second best player, one of the best scorers in the history of the NBA – um for home games like okay that's a disadvantage in a playoff series against a really good team like it just is so it is it is can i counterpoint they basically that's that's what happened to them in the second round last year was like their second and third best players were taken away from multiple games and they are I, i cannot be stated enough that they're like a kevin durant if he wore his normal shoe size they're in the NBA Finals. I'm sorry, Atlanta, you're not winning that series. Like, if Kevin Durant doesn't wear a bigger shoe for NBA games than what he wears in everyday life, they're in the NBA Finals. Well, KD himself said, he was like, I, it's like, yeah, but, I don't that's, know what would have happened. That's good. Yeah, sure. Okay, I get it, KD. Like, he's kind of being nice and he's blah, blah, blah. But come on, we know. We all know. He's like, you can't but it's just, just like his... It, but we know. He, yeah, we know. He was he was literally playing forty seven minutes a game yes. and playing point guard. Like as, sooner or later, do, you're going to break down. I just think that uh, if Simmons can play, and that's a freaking massive if. But he's weeks away right but now. But you're also you're also you're talking about Seth Curry is you know this game changer. They got him now. I think Patty yeah, Mills. Patty Mills is going to be freaking fantastic for them in the playoffs. Like he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be times where, frankly, you want him on the court over Kyrie. Um, 
I just think that Durant is so good, man. He's, he was he was talking about winning MVP this year. Um, and I know I'm taking a huge bet on their health, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. After seeing what Durant did in the playoffs last year, that is a level that I think only Giannis is capable of getting to right now. I think those are the only two guys who can get to that level where it's like, oh, my team needs me to score 50 tonight. I guess that's what I'm going to do. Um, so real quick, we go back to I, – I always go back to Joe Harris um, not he, being on the floor as just – he's just so important to the team, especially when you yeah. look at the difference between last but year I think, and this year. I think, getting, so I think Curry doesn't do the exact same things as Joe Harris, but I think getting Seth Curry as like a Joe Harris facsimile will help them a lot. On offense, yes. Yes. On offense, I agree. Um, Blake Griffin was good in the he, playoffs last year. Not the same. Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I just think also Jeff Green went like twenty-seven for twenty-nine behind the three-point line. I think in the playoffs, I think that's an accurate read. Not looking at the stats. So not having that hurts. Um, but anyway, I had the Nets three, um, and. If you had him first, I'm not going to be mad at you. Uh, so I guess the Bucks number one. Like, how good do we feel about that, you and I? I feel good about it, but I, I go back and forth on is the East wide open or are we for some reason just forgetting that the Bucks are going to dominate this whole thing and they're great when they're big three plays? They just are a slight – listen – it's not like they were a juggernaut last year. Like, we were calling for Bud's firing again, like, in both rounds. Even the conference finals, they lost game one. Um, Brooke Lopez is gone from, like, everyone's like, why are you playing him in drop coverage to can this team win without him? They're just a little creaky, man. Like, <laughs> if they had this year's version of P.J. Tucker on their team, I think they're the runaway favorites. Like, P.J. Tucker's been in, like, unreal in Miami, leading the league in three-point percentage, like, scoring twos. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I said this over the weekend. I was having a conversation with someone about the Bucks, and I was like, people are underselling that. Just, like, how massive a loss P.J. Tucker was. Like, he was huge. They obviously did not win the title without without him last year. He played humongous minutes in um, every round, including the finals, when people were dogging him for not scoring. And it's just like, I, I, I honestly don't care about that stuff. Like there's just a lot, bunch of little plays he makes. Yeah. Um, the offensive rebounds. his impact yes. in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this year he's, he's having probably the best offensive season of his life. Um, mm. uh, I just think that, um, yeah, they're a little bit creakier. I mean, how many minutes is Ibaka going to play for them? And he's like already just thrust right into the rotation there. Uh, like, I mean, last year in the finals, Pat Connaughton shot like 50% from three. I mean, he was going nuts in the finals. Can they expect that again? Can they trust Grayson Allen? I mean, losing DiVincenzo was not nothing. So. Well, yeah. And I guess, look, I know that he wasn't playing great because of the injury and him coming back. But the way I read it is Brooke Lopez you have very little faith in Brooke Lopez coming back and being an impact player for you. And that is why you had to trade for Serge Ibaka. And I don't, you're right. I don't know what Serge Ibaka is going to give you in a playoff series. Um, basically you need more from Bobby Portis. You need uh, with PJ Tucker out as well compared to last season. So I just think there's a lot of questions. I have the number one just because of Giannis. Um, yeah, exactly. That's like, yes. 
I'm just he's like, this guy is just the best player. Yeah, he's right the now. best player. Um, <laughs> he had like 50 points on like 18 shots the other day. <laughs> like he's just not a human being. So that's that's the Milwaukee Bucks for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So real quick, Rohan, I just want to read this quick email here. And then right before we close the show, because I know that a lot of people, um, our friends up north, are they're not happy listening if they if they're still listening frankly i love the raptors too man and i think the rap i honestly think the raptors could make the second round of the playoffs i've tweeted that i've been on the raptors bandwagon like this is all about championship ceiling let us let us reiterate that this is not how we think the playoffs are gonna go out etc this is purely which teams have the best championship ceiling right now and i think that they're a piece away but please read the email Okay, so our email comes in from Darren, who writes, How good do you think the Raptors are, and how far can you see them going in the playoffs? They are well-coached, have a long, odd, switchable lineup that teams rarely see, and seem to have a number of players who are all developing nicely. OG, Gary Trent, Boucher, Banton, etc. Are they actually likely to be a good playoff team, or am I being far too optimistic? Uh, thank you so much, Darren, for that email. Um... Yeah, I, you know, we're talking about coin flips, like, there's a bunch of teams at the bottom that I could have easily slotted Toronto in for. I think Toronto could easily be in the second round, and if they beat Miami or, frankly, even Boston in a playoff series, I would not be shocked. I would not necessarily be shocked either. I would not pick them to beat either. No, it would be an upset, but it would be. I would not be shocked. Those teams are more evenly, and Siakam's really starting to like come back around, and that's big for them. I would love to see Siakam in a playoff series, avenging how he's played um, in the playoffs. uh, I guess the past two playoffs. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, no, the past. The they didn't make the playoffs last year. uh, in the bubble, uh, yeah. I should say. Um, but well, maybe yeah, if, Gary Trent shoots. Why 90% was Siakam posting up so much in the bubble? I hate to like bring up a playoff series from two years ago, but like, why was he uh, posting up? Like, I think I think Nick Nurse is such a good coach. That was so weird. You had to be you had to be thrilled every time he posted up against the Celtics. Uh. Yeah, honestly, he did not strike fear in my heart uh, throughout that series, I'm going to be honest. But he's had a tremendous run um, this season. He'll probably make an all-NBA team, frankly. Like, look oh. at, look around at his competition. Um, he's, I think he will. So, so yeah, like, the you know, Fred Van Fleet, Freddie All-Star. I don't know what they're going to change his nickname to now that he's made the All-Star team, mm-hmm. but he's... He's awesome. Um, the thing is, real quick, and then we'll, we'll end the show, but their lineup data, that lineup that Darren referenced, um, it's like it, it, it just hasn't been that great. It, it, like, it's, it is interesting. I, and there's, there's, probably some, uh, there's probably some split on it. Like, I think it's had to have turned at some point. But over the balance of the season, it's, it, might, it was a minus for the longest time, and it's maybe still a minus. I do think there's probably some date that you could look at. And since then, it's probably been pretty good. But I'm with you. They're like five, like, forwards lineup kind of deal has not been. It's not like running teams off the floor. So I thought that same thing. And then I actually did filter it out to see more recently how that lineup has fared. And their net rating in the last 15 games 
of which they've played 206 minutes, which is the, the bulk of their minutes as a unit. I'm talking about Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Gary Trent Jr. Um, their net rating is uh, minus 0. 0.2. Wow, so, and it's been minus 0. 0.3 for the season. So it's holding. Yeah. I'll say this. I think you could make an argument that it's a better postseason lineup than regular season lineup, and I think they've had some success closing with it. It is funny how many good lineups they've had with like Precious Achua on the floor. Like everyone in Toronto seems to hate him. Um, I mean, the Precious experience, just a rising stars. The Precious legends, experience honestly. in the Rising Stars game was something. Um, him looking off Desmond Bain to run to the corner and shoot a three was iconic. But I, I think you could make an argument that Toronto would be an even better postseason team than a regular season team. Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach in his own right. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to play them in the playoffs. Uh, Thad Young, we'll see what happens mm. with him over the next few weeks. I, I'm looking forward to watching the Toronto Raptors um, kind of fold him in and, and just uh, see what his role is, see how much of an impact he can have. I've always loved Thaddeus Young's game. Um, okay, well, I'm happy we did this. I look forward to checking in with you on it in a few weeks slash a couple months when the playoffs actually begin. Um, until then, thank you so much, Roman. Thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, everybody, please stay safe. Everybody, enjoy, uh, enjoy the All-Star break. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 